You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Happy uh, Easter. Uh, If you are from Orthodox background, today's Easter. So happy Easter. Uh, We got some goodies from Simon's family there, uh, Eastern Orthodox background. But uh, it's awesome to be together. Uh, We are continuing our series that we started last week on Easter called Alive in Christ. And um, if you weren't here last week, uh, that is now uploaded on the uh, on our app and on our website. But uh, we heard from uh, some amazing testimonies. Really appreciate those that shared last week. Frank Aquilina shared very vulnerably about his life, and uh, you know he. I love that moment where he kind of couldn't go on any further, and his his daughter from out in the audience was like, "Come on, Dad," you know, and then <laughs> it helped him through. That was one of those things that you know, that you just kind of remember. And Amy Funabashi did an awesome job sharing, and Andrew and Janelle shared very vulnerably. Just appreciate all of you guys who shared your testimonies. Uh, So we're going to be talking today more about God's intention for us as individuals and God's intention for us as a church. We're going to be talking about kind of what it means to thrive individually and what it means to thrive as a community. Uh, Anybody here ever tried gardening before? Raise your hand if you've Try gardening. Okay, quite a few of you have. Uh, I am not a very good gardener. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But um, uh, my daughter and I decided we would try um, raising tomatoes. So we uh, we got this thing from the store uh, where it, it hangs the tomato plant upside down. You ever seen this? Maybe on you know as seen on TV or something. So it's this thing that holds the bag like this, and then the tomato plant's upside down. So supposedly all the nutrients just like go right into that tomato plant and just so and you know the the picture on that package is you know all red you know it's just <laughs> full of tomatoes we're like okay we're gonna try this so so we bought the thing we bought you know great soil for the thing because it just comes just this bag right but then you buy the soil then we bought a tomato plant from home depot uh we bought the soil bought fertilizer all this stuff. we spent probably about twenty dollars total and uh we're gonna do this since we hung it in the sun and uh, carefully watered it. We followed all the instructions to a T, and after, at the end of all this time, we had two tomatoes. <laughs> one about that big, and one like about this big. Uh, they were kind of green. They were just starting to get red. We're like, okay, well, we're going to savor those two. You know, each is a $10 tomato, right? <laughs> and uh, we're going to savor them, but, but somehow like a, a squirrel or something stole them, so we didn't even get to eat them. So after that, you know, I had this, I thought, okay, this is going to go so good, and then I'm going to start in on cilantro, and then I'm going to start in on jalapeno. I'll be able to make my own salsa. It's going to be awesome. Forget that. I just, I go to Sprouts uh, from now on. But, uh, you know, God, uh, in the, the very beginning of the story of the Bible, is a garden. And humanity's first job is gardening. Uh, God makes man in his own image. It's, it's very interesting in, in Genesis 1. It says, in the image of God, the imago Dei. And we've talked about that in our church before, what that means to bear the image of God. That humans are unique in this world. And that's something, you, you know, those of you who are younger in school, what you hear in school is humans are not unique. We are just another animal. We are just another part of, you know, this you know, you, you hear that, we're just an upright talking ape, you know, is basically what you hear in school. And yet the Bible is so different, it says, no, we, humans are uniquely different. Right. 
And science is starting to figure that out more and more. They learn about humans more. Wow, we are a unique species. We're the only species that that has this deep language that can think in these uh, abstract ideas. We're the only uh, species that can envision and then create that future. There's no other animal that can, can picture something that's not there that deals in the invisible, right? And isn't that who God is? God spoke and it came to be. He made matter out of nothing. And we take that matter and we mold it into things we create. We are co-creators with God. And so all of us begin as artists. How many of you guys think of yourself as an artist? Okay, a fewer of you than gardening, actually. Gardening is an art, so you should have all raised your hands, those of you that But you know, we all begin, if you don't believe that, go into any pre-K class, go to any kindergarten class, go to any first grade class. Every kid is an amazing artist. What happened, right? You know, nobody's at home making pottery or drawing. I mean, some of you are, but very few of you are, are doing little projects. What happened? I think it's because we, we have this negative voice. We, have, we, get, we get afraid. We get afraid to be real. We get afraid to share. We get afraid to be open. We get afraid to be vulnerable. We get afraid, afraid to put ourselves out there, right? Somewhere along the, of the line, somebody said, well, you're not good. You're one of the ones that are not good at art. These people are good at art. You're, you're, you're good at math, or you're good at basketball, or you're good at something. Else. You know, and that's fine. We accelerate in other things, and I'm going to talk more. Being an artist is more than just drawing and painting and all that. But, but we all are meant to create. We all are meant to thrive. God meant us to do something here, right? Not just we just kind of ebb out an existence on this planet, but we were meant to thrive individ- as individuals. And, uh, you know, Jesus uses the, the, the botanical kind of... Uh, uh, illustration uh, sometimes, Alive and Thriving is the name of our, our, uh, our lesson today. We're, we're talking about thriving as individuals. Jesus uses the bot- botanical illustration quite a lot in his teaching. He talks a lot about gardening. He talks a lot about uh, fruit and plants and trees. And that, that was just his world, right? So if he was, if Jesus was speaking right now, he would probably be talking about uh, you know, WhatsApp or, uh, you know, Instagram, or he'd be talking about the internet for sure. He'd be talking about things that are relevant to his crowd, right? But, but, but gardening and, and soils and plants and all that was so relevant to his, his people. But there's a lot of deep imagery in it. And one of the things he says, we don't have time to dig into this text as much as it deserves right here in John 15, but this is towards the end of his ministry. This is, in fact, the night he was betrayed. He tells his disciples, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." Uh, Jesus d- talks about what it means to thrive spiritually, to bear much fruit, to be vibrant and growing. He says, if you're apart from me, you're going you're gonna to wither away. But if you're connected to me, you're guaranteed to thrive. You're guaranteed to bear fruit. What is fruit? Fruit is, of course, if you're a disciple, bearing fruit is other disciples. Bearing fruit is also just, I, look, I think of fruit as anything that it's God's word taking tangible shape in our lives in a way that brings glory to God and blesses others. I'll say that one more time. God's word taking tangible shape in our lives in a way that brings glory to God and blesses others. That's what fruit is. It's something that is there now that wasn't there before that's a blessing. When you are connected into God, 
You will thrive. You will bear fruit. It's a promise from God. What does it mean to remain in him? You know, that could be a whole topic, and, and we have taught on that before. But one thing he points to is, he says, if my words remain in you, right? And that's something he talked about a lot as well, is his word. So God, God spoke, and it came to be, right? God spoke the universe into existence. And the Bible teaches that Jesus is that breath. Jesus is that word in human flesh. Jesus is God's word in the form of a human. So when you see Jesus, that's God right there. Jesus says, when you hear me speak, you're hearing God speak. That's a pretty bold claim. He wasn't just a good teacher, right? That's what you hear in school as well. Oh, yeah, he was a great teacher. He's just like all these other prophets. None of these other prophets said that. When you hear me speak, you hear God, the creator of all the universe. That's a pretty bold claim. You kill me and I'm going to raise from the dead. That's a pretty bold claim. No other teacher on earth ever claimed that and then did it, right? So he, he's God in the flesh, and he says, if my words remain in you, like if you're a little Jesus, you take root, and, and my word is in you, now you will bear fruit. You'll do, he says, you'll do what I've been doing. In fact, you'll do even greater things than I've been doing. He says a little bit later in this same, or a little bit before this, actually, in this same passage. Uh, it's an amazing idea, right? And it's hard to believe. I think we don't, Again, why do we not thrive spiritually? Because that negative voice says, you can't do it. You're not as good. You're not like those other, you know, spiritual people. You know, you, best you can do is just kind of make it, <laughs> you know, hold on till the end. That's not Jesus' plan for you. If that's all you got, amen, keep going, you know. Like, like I always say, all your promise, if you just don't quit, you will make it. As long as you don't quit, you're going to make it. But, and if that's all you got, amen, keep coming. But, but God means more. God wants more for you. God wants you to, when you trust his word and you follow his word, he wants you to have the most vibrant, exciting, thriving, amazing life you could ever have. Now, it's not a life free of suffering, right? It's not a life free of hardship, but it's, it's a rich life. It's a vibrant life. It's a fulfilling life. It's the most fulfilling life you could ever have. I know some of the teens right now are, are kind of wrestling going, I don't know if I want to follow Jesus. I mean, I, I want to follow Jesus. I've got to follow Jesus for sure. But I want to really live first. I want to try these things. I want to test the waters a little bit. I want to kind of get out there. I'm telling you, you know, there is nothing better than following Jesus. And by doing that, by trying these other things, you could, I'm not saying you will, but you could cause permanent damage in your life. There are some things that you can't undo. God will forgive anybody. But it's kind of like if you squeeze a toothpaste and you squeeze all the toothpaste out and then you try to put it back in. You know, it, it, there's some things, once, once that happens, it's like, oh man, I wish. And there's a lot of adults here that are like, oh, I wish I'd become a disciple when I was 14, when I was 15, when I was 16, when I was 17. And so, you know, I, I, God says, trust me. I, I made you. I'm the creator. I know how to make you thrive. And it's through God's word taking shape in your life, God's word taking form in your life. There was a, a story Jesus told about uh, different soils. It's often called the parable of the sower, but I like to call it the parable of the soils because that's really what it's about. It's, it's this sower who's sowing seed, and if you don't want to sow, it's not, not he, did, he had a sowing machine and he was sowing things. It's a different word, sowing, S-O-W-I-N-G. Nobody uses that word because we don't sow, right? Uh, we probably don't do either kind of sowing these days. But that's a guy with a bag and he's, he, he has all this seed and he's scattering it in this field, right? He has this field and he wants to grow something. So he's just sending seed everywhere, indiscriminately sending it everywhere. Just seed was cheap in those days. You got lots of seed. You're just sending it everywhere. And it says it, it fell on these different soils. It, some falls on a path. Some falls on rocky soil. 
some falls on soil that's full of weeds, and some falls on good fertile soil. And, and something different happens. So it's the same seed, but it's a different response to that seed. And Jesus says this is a story about how we respond to his word. And there's four options, Jesus says. One, the, the birds come and snatch it off the path, and that represents the devil. That represents Satan. That Satan is active in this world. That's another, one of his greatest lies is to try to get you to believe he's not real or that he's just kind of this silly guy with horns and a, and a funny tail that people dress up like at Halloween. And no, no, he is the tempter. He is the accuser. He is trying, when, when you don't follow God, he tries to keep you away from even knowing there's a problem. And then when you are following God, he tries to keep you thinking that, oh, you're a mess and you can't really do it. You can't really thrive. He tries to make the lost think they're saved. He tries to make the saved think they're lost. I mean, he's, he's constantly conniving and trying to mess with you, right? And, and so this, this parable says Jesus believes Satan was real, and he steals the, the word often right away from people's hearts. Even as I'm, I'm speaking today, there might be something distracts you, and you, you, you just automatically shut yourself off from me. Oh, this guy, who does he think he is, or whatever. Or, I don't like his shirt, or, you know. Why is he wearing Star Wars vans or, you know, you should dress up for church. Or, I don't know. There's something just cutting you off already. I'm trying to be relevant, you know. Uh, so, so, so Satan, that's the first one. The second one is thorny, uh, is, is, uh, sorry, the, the, the soil that's full of rocks. And in that case, it says that the, the seed takes root and, it, and it, it, it's growing. But then there, it can't get any deep root. And so the sun comes and, and it's hard and it's hot and it doesn't have root. And so it just withers. And that's, that represents people that they get excited about Jesus, but it doesn't last. And we've all either been there or we've seen that, where you get super excited, you get moved by a lesson, you get moved by Jesus' word, but then you don't follow through. You don't get root, and, and then as soon as, you know, as he says, as soon as trouble or hardship comes, persecution comes, the word is gone, and, and, and you, you're back to your dead state. So that tells us that trouble and hardship and persecution are real. They are a part of this life. You can't come to God and say, okay, now I'm a Christian, so take away all my problems. No, God helps you through those problems, helps you thrive even in spite of the hardships of this world. The third soil is this uh, weedy soil or thorny soil. In this case, the plant grows, but it's competing for resources with these other weeds. And we've all seen that in our yard. You know, if we get weeds going, they compete. And it says they choke the plant, making it unfruitful. So that's a disciple who's still here, who's still coming. Maybe they're still giving their contribution. They're still trying to hang out on, but they're not thriving. They're not bearing fruit. They're not growing. They, they're, they're the same as they were last year, or maybe they're even less spiritual than they were last year. You know, because what are they choked by? Jesus says, and I love this because it shows you the Bible is so still so relevant. You know, 2,000 years later, what are, the, what are the thorns? He says, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things. Isn't that still what chokes us today? I mean, it blows me away. Like, that's exactly what chokes us. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things. Are you getting choked by those things? Or the fourth soil is thriving. Connected to the word, that word is taking shape, that word is taking root, and you're, we're seeing fruit in our lives because of the effect of God's word. Uh, James was the brother of Jesus. Uh, it's interesting, he grew up not believing in Jesus. The Bible says in John uh, 6 or 7, I think it's 7, that even his own brothers did not believe in him. You know, J James didn't believe in him, and, and, and that would be hard. You know, if your brother was Jesus, that would be hard. 
You know what I mean? Your brother's automatically like an idiot. You know, like that would be hard. So he doesn't believe in him. Maybe he thinks, oh, yeah, he's good, but he doesn't really believe in him. He's, they're kind of, his brothers are kind of, yeah, you ought to, they kind of a little patronizing in John 7. They're like, well, you should go to the feast. Nobody doing all these things that you're doing, you know, these projects just keeps them to themselves. You ought to go to the feast and tell other people what you're doing. Like they're giving him advice. You know, here's what you ought to do for your little thing you got going, Jesus. You ought to start a website, you know. You ought to try to get a radio ad, you, you know. <laughs> and we've met people like that. There's people that give advice to the church, too. Hey, what are you doing? You, you should try to do this or try to do that. And it's like, okay. Jesus does not take his, their advice either. He's like, you go to the feast. Any time is good for you. Do whatever you want. You matter, like, in the least to this world, basically. <laughs> but for me, my time has not yet come. Uh, and then he goes to the feast. He says, I'm not going, but then he goes. It's interesting. He didn't lie, right? So I don't know, I don't know how to, that's a deep, deeper thing. We'll get to that another time. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, J James, though, what would it take for your brother to convince you he was the Christ? Well, for James, it took Jesus raising from the dead. <laughs> and we see a transformation in James. After Jesus rose from the dead, J James becomes a believer. And one of the most prominent believers, in fact, he becomes the leader of the church at Jerusalem, the center of the early church. James is like the guy. If you look in Acts 15 and the council where they're trying to, what do we do in our churches? We're having this issue between the Jews and the Gentiles, and we have this crisis. James is kind of the one that you know, kind of calms the group and kind of settles the matter. You know, God really uses James in an incredible way. But here's what James said, and I just imagine... He must have heard that story of the parable of the soils many times, you know, maybe growing up or maybe Jesus trying out his material. You know, I don't know. He, he, he told, told the same stories over and over. Uh, and so he told the same, he used the same illustrations over and over. And so maybe he heard him trying it out, you know, or whatever. But here's what James said. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. I love that verse, thinking about it as a response to the parable of the sower. You know, that what we need to do is just humbly accept that word. It's that, that word is the source of everything we need. The word of Jesus in our lives, staying, God's, Jesus says, my words remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Those words remaining in us, that's what it's all about. And we have a lot of people um, in our community who do thrive as individuals. You know, there's a lot of great examples we can look to. Man, you see it, right? When somebody's on fire spiritually, you just see it. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's infectious. That's what I love. You know, you get with somebody who's thriving, and it makes you, oh, yeah, I want to thrive too, you know? Um, I got, I, uh, Celie got together with me for a quiet time on Wednesday, and I came away so encouraged from hanging out with Celie. And, you know, I studied the Bible with Celie, uh, what, it was like 18 years ago? 18 years ago in Long Beach, we were brand new in the ministry, had no idea what we were doing. And uh, I remember we were praying every day for somebody to get baptized, going up on the, on the mountain and praying every morning with the brothers. And Seeley was the, the, the answer to our prayer. He was the guy that got baptized. And, and uh, just an awesome heart. He studied the Bible for maybe like three days or four days or something. It was a pretty quick conversion because he, he just had an amazing heart. But he went through a long time. He went through a period in the desert, had a rough time. He could tell you about it some other time. But... But man, he, he came back to God. He, he, he fought for his faith to, to get back and to get right with God. And, and he's just a guy who's thriving. He's trying to do more and more and more. His life is not easy, you know, but you see fruit in his life. He's trying to start a new business. He's trying to be there for his wife and kids. He's trying to, you know, he, he switched things up. He started a new position. They made a new position just for him at his job. And now he can work days instead of nights so he can be there for his family. 
He can serve more on the worship team, which he's been wanting to do. And, you know, he's just, I want to do more. I want to give more. God has done so much for me. I want to give back. And it's not, Celie's not like, oh, I want God to be happy with me. You know, it's not it. It's God has done so much for me. I want to give back. You know, Jesus, God doesn't wait for you to do something so he'll love you. That, I want to make sure that's clear. The fruit is not so God will love you. It gives God glory, but he already loves you. Wherever you're at today, God loves you and wants you. He wants you so much. He let Jesus die for your sin. But <coughs> when you, <coughs> excuse me, really get in touch with that and you really uh, have God's word in your heart, that's when you really thrive. And I think Celia is a great example of that. And again, when I talk about artistry, again, we all are meant to be artists. I'm not talking about just painting or, or sculpting or, or, or doing music. I mean, it's artistry to go back to school and get an MBA. You know, it's artistry to do what Celia's doing, to have a new position at work and you're trying to do something new. It's artistry to, 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 to try to shape a family devotional for your kids, right? It's artistry to, to go, I want to I give to this other couple. I want to have them into our home. We want to make a dinner for them and we want to we give to this couple. It's artistry to go, how could we make an impact in our community? How could we make an impact in our neighborhood? What, we, what kind of party could we host at our house we could have people over to? And you're thinking, you're scheming, right? It's envisioning something in the future and then making it a reality. That is artistry for Jesus, for his glory. In fact, artistry for, for art's sake, it can be uh, a little self-consuming. I was into art more than music, actually, when I was a, a, a young man in, in, in high school. And I can show you some my artwork from, actually I have it hanging in my house, some of it from high school and stuff. I was really into art, but it was a self-expression. It was all about me and, and they kind of taught you that in art school, you know? And I went off to college and I, I joined art school and at first I was an art major, but, but the art, art department was just so, and I'm not saying all artists are like this, so if you're an artist, please take this word a grain of salt. This is, was me, but it just became so consuming, right? And you just kind of try to create. And then you, know, you make some weird thing like, okay, I'm going to create something weird. And, you know, they take like a rocking chair and, and paste a bunch of jewelry all over it and then, and then paste a bunch of, uh, you know, severed arms on it. And then, you know, because you want shock value, right? And then, and, then, and then, you know, put in a blue room. And then, you know, and then, okay, what does this represent? And then you come up with what it represents. It represents culture. And the rocking chair represents age. And the, the gold jewelry represents wealth, and yet how wealth does not satisfy or fill our age, and so the severed arms are. Yeah, I know, you, that's what art school is like. At least at CU Boulder, you know, that's what it was like. Um, so, so I started getting more into music because music for me was a way to give art away, right? It was more about, for me it became about the church, and I want to build up the church with this gift. I want to build up the church with this art. And, you know, you're tested in that. Anytime you try to do something, you try to put your talents out there, you're tested in it, you know. It's like, because if it goes well, then you're like, oh, thank you, bro. bro. Sorry, I've had a cold. The Bible says something about somebody being blessed for a cup of water, so. Oh, man. I didn't even know I needed that. Ooh, I feel revived. <laughs> Thriving spiritually. So, um, I can't remember what I was saying. What was I saying? Music? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're tested. You're tested. That's why, remember the soil, remember the parable of the talents? 
And talent doesn't mean what we think it means, a talent. In Jesus' time, when he said talent, he meant money, a bag of money. And so he said, his illustration is these different guys get different bags of money. One guy gets one, one guy gets five, one guy gets ten, all these different bags of money. And then the, the, the master leaves. What are you going to do with it? And, and so we have different bags of money, but we all have at least one. And so the point of that story is what do you do with it? And the fearful outlook says, oh, I'm going to bury it. I'm afraid. And, and why? Because it's a risk to put your talent out there. If, it go, if you do something and it's amazing, then you're tempted with glorifying yourself. Oh, look what I did. I'm so amazing. If you try it and it fails, then you're tempted with, why did I even try? I'm a loser. And, you know, so, so it's risky. I recognize that. And I've totally been through that. I don't have time to tell you stories today, but I will another time. And, you know, the, the worship team all knows my stories of my epic, epic, epic fails, you know, with music. But, but the point is that whatever it is, informed by the word of God, we got to do something. You got to do something. I love this verse, uh, Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's talk about thriving as a community. Every person here has something to contribute to the world and to the community. Like, again, with the parable of the talents. God has given you some way that you can contribute to this community. You might think, well, what? I don't have anything. No, I promise you, you do. It's just what's keeping you is your own view of yourself or your own view of leadership in the church or your own view of whatever kind of baggage you might have. God has given you, uniquely gifted you in some way to, to help and, and, and enrich this community. And we are a community of artists in that way. I love when the Old Testament talks about all they did uh, uh, involving worship and I think it was just to kind of give us an idea of, of a spiritual, in a spiritual dimension, what, we, what we'll do. And they had this tabernacle they would build and set up, and they would move someplace, and they'd all, it took all these people to set it up, and, and it was very artistic. And, and the Bible says that God filled these men with the Spirit, that it was the Spirit that gave them the ability to do all this artistry and build this the tabernacle. I love that because it's, it's from God. It's not from us. It's not to glorify us. It's for God's glory and for His kingdom. And then they would move the tabernacle somewhere else and they would do all this stuff. It just reminds me of our church because we're a portable church and we're bringing in all this stuff, you know, setting up the tabernacle and, and worshiping God together. But, but, but everybody has something to contribute. And, and when, when uh, Paul described the church in his vision of the church, I want us to look in this, uh, in this scripture here. So if you um, can turn to there in your, in your Bible or in your uh, phone, to Ephesians 4, we're going to kind of dig into this here for just a second. I'm kind of running out of time. but uh, Okay, so Ephesians 4, Paul says, Therefore I, Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient one another, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. See, we mess up in the church, right? Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. So there is one body of Christ. That, and, and so what does that body look like? Look down in verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 
This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. This is interesting. Paul says before this, we've all been gifted. And, and, and you see this in Romans 12. Each of us have different gifts. If you don't believe me, you know, read Romans 12. That's your assignment, you know, that you have a gift. Every one of us has some kind of gift and some more than others. But Paul says, what's the gift to the church? The gift to the church, he says here, is leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. The, the leaders we have in the church are gifts to the church. That's humbling. As one of the leaders, wait, I'm a gift to the church? I don't think of myself that way, you know. I think of myself, I'm a servant of the church. I'm a slave to all. You know, the, Jesus says, whoever wants to be a leader must be your servant. So I, I'm a slave to everyone, you know. But, but I, I don't think of myself as a gift to the church. I guess that's probably good. I probably shouldn't come into church like, hey, I'm, my, I'm the gift to you. <laughs> hey, I'll talk to you. I got a little time, you know. But, but that's, that's interesting. Paul's perspective, why? Why do we have these leaders? What's, what's the leader's role? Is it to do the work of the church? Is it to build up the church? What does it say? No, it says the role of these leaders is to prepare God's people to build up the church. My job as a leader, and, you know, we, I, I love that we have these different roles. And, you know, in our church, the evangelist role is, is really Steve. He's forging ahead. He's the evangelist. Pastor means shepherd. That's, that's uh, Andy, our, our elder, is really our shepherd. I'm more of the teacher role. And. Mark and Dustin and, uh, and DK really have all three, you know, that they're, they're, they're pastors, teachers, and uh, uh, evangelists of their ministries, you know, that are trying to do a lot. But, but what is our job? Our job is to get other people equipped, to give them the tools they need. Like my job today is to motivate you to do something for this community, uh, not to do it myself. And, and I've had to learn that. I've had to grow in that. I was just a member for a long time. I became a disciple back in 1988. I'm about to have my 30th anniversary. Uh, so I was a disciple for a long time before I went into the full-time ministry. But when I went into the full-time ministry, at first, I was just trying to do everything. I remember being at this one service uh, we were leading, and, uh, and I'm, I'm showing up to church early and I have the projector, and I have some tea lights, and I have duct tape, and I have extension cords, and we're because we're trying to do this PowerPoint, and I have my guitar, and we're trying to do this, and I'm bringing the speaker, and I'm like setting it up and taping, and, and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> like I'm not helping anybody right now. You know, I'm just trying to do it all so I can serve them. That's not the point. The point is to help equip everybody, give everybody the tools they need so they can serve. So I, that's the way I really want to operate as a leader you know as the worship team leader Andre and I had to talk about this this week and Andre is another guy that is a blessing in our church and Andre has uh, worked for many many years in, in film and, and TV and he, he works on sets and he he knows all this stuff but he just recently started uh, volunteering for our setup crew in the morning and Andre is recording us right now uh, he manages the the mix of our recording so he's trying to for our streaming uh, video and for our recordings, he's mixing in everything. So these mics right here, if you don't know, those are recording you guys sing because we want to hear you guys sing. Um, so he's like, we were talking this week about, oh yeah, I want to hear more of the church sing. So if you're near that mic, just be careful what you say, you know. <laughs> and he's, you know, we were talking about hearing more of you sing. We want to hear more of you sing. We, that's, that's the objective. We're not performing up here. We're trying to get you guys to sing. 
But, uh, but we were talking because he said a comment last week, and I just wanted to clarify. I said, I, don't, I just want you to know I do not want to be a ceiling for this ministry. You know, like I do not want to be like the bottleneck. Like I want people to be empowered. I want this thing to grow. I don't want it to be like I'm the man and everything has to be what I say. Whatever. No, 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 no. Like the, the mature church is one where each part is doing its work and, and creative and thinking what else could we do and how else could it work? And, you know, it's just happening all over the place. It not, it's not one man, and it's all running through one guy. And I said, I want to make sure you don't feel that way, right? And he, and, well, I didn't say it like that. Like, you don't feel that way, right? <laughs> I said, I really honestly wanted to know. And thankfully, he was like, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that way. It's, it's, not, it's not what I'm thinking. But Because I, 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 I know I can be that way. You know, one of my, um, we just had our annual reviews. And one of the people who reviewed me said, uh, there was a lot of really, really, po- all super positive, super encouraging. But one thing that one person said was, I feel like sometimes he's, uh, not resistant to new ways of doing things or a little defensive for old ways of doing things. And I was like, oh, man, that is not at all what I want to be, you know. I've been doing things a long time, so there's certain things I, like, I feel like, okay, I know how to do it, but, boy, I don't want to ever, ever be not open to new ways of doing things, right? We need new people. We need new ideas. We need a thriving community, every part doing its work. Uh, you know, it, it says in verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown by every new wind of teaching. Again, it's not all these different ideas. It's what? God's word. Verse 15, speak the truth. In, instead, speaking the truth in love, growing every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work it helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love isn't that exactly what we're talking about each part individually is thriving each person is doing their part and then the whole thing just takes off and it's this amazing amazing thing to the glory of god each part does its work um don't have time to to look at these verses but these are a verse a couple verses you could write down romans 12 3 through 8 1 Peter 4 through 10 that talks about the each, how each part does its work. Each part has some kind of gift, some kind of creative work to do. And, uh, you know, Pat, Pat shared uh, our, our offering today. He's a great example of that, uh, of thriving spiritually, of using his gifts for the kingdom. And you might not know it, but Pat is like this really high-powered dude in his, in his job. You know, I went to visit him at work this one time, and, you know, he's in this corner office, and there's, all, there's this whole floor of salespeople, you know, like 30 or 40 salespeople. And it looks like a reality TV show because they're all just beautiful people, you know, like just graduated from UCLA. And they're just, you know, all the guys are buffed and they're like trying to make money. And they're all just, you know, it's, and they're all like, they all call him Mr. Toomey, you know. And he's like, he's like the guy that makes all these deals happen, you know. He, he sells malls for a living, you know. And, uh, you know, it's just cool to see him in that element, you know, because he's thriving there. But then he, he brings his gifts to the kingdom, and he's like, just ho-hum Pat, you know, just one of the brothers. And, and uh, you know, leading our children's ministry and serving in, in, in music ministry and all the ways that Pat and Holly have served through the years tirelessly in so many, many, many ways. Really, really, really appreciate that. Uh, but for you, I want to give you a vision to serve in some way. I just want to give you a few ideas Again, these are just some ideas I had of things we need to do in the church. Uh, but there's, you know, again, I am not the bottleneck. I am not the, 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 the idea, you know, source of all ideas. It's God's word in you taking shape in, in tangible form, right? 
But one thing I think about a lot is just social media. Like social media is the environment of our community, especially of young people. They live and exist on social media. And I'm trying, like my kids, I've had probably about five lessons on Snapchat. You know what I mean? And I'll try it once and then I'm just, I can't get it. I can't, which way am I going? <laughs> Where's the back button? Where's the file, you know, menu? You know, it's like, it, you know, we decided it's made so that people my age can't use it, you know? <laughs> Uh, <coughs> but, 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 but young people exist in this media world. And, and we, can, we can say, well, that's bad. They should put down their phone and they need to, everybody needs to get rid of their phones. And you, know, you could try that or we could say, well, how do we use it for the glory of God? How, how do we take this tool and use it for God's glory? So, I mean, Instagram, we have an Instagram page. But you can see like, okay, the, our Christmas concert is like one, two, three, four, five. That's our sixth slide on there is our Christmas concert. You know what I mean? Like we should be posting daily or every two days or, you know, like Instagram, real follow, people that follow Instagram, usually the, those are posting every day. Some Instagram posts post what? Like multiple times a day, right teens? No? Depends. Sarah's like, no. <laughs> Not you. I mean, like people you follow. I mean, sometimes I unfollow somebody when they post too much, but. So what I envision is a team, right? Where like, let's say you're on the, let's say you're on the social media team, maybe a teen right now listening. You go, okay, I'm going to volunteer for the social media team. Then your job would be, let's say every Thursday to post something. And, and maybe we have somebody making sure it looks good or whatever, but, but every Thursday you just, you can do that, right? You can post something on our, our social media page every Thursday. Somebody else is posting every Monday or somebody, I don't know, but we got to do something with social media because that gets traffic and then people look at it and they find the church and then they get you know, more invited and then the, the teens can go, oh, you want to see my church? Here's our Instagram page and it has all these pictures of what we're doing. I mean, another thing is photos. Like, like I appreciate Courtney taking some great photos of the Easter service last week and, and Caesar taking photos. And, but I know there's more people that take photos and every one of you has an awesome photo you know, camera in your pocket. Some of you are better at it than others, I know, but but there's a lot of media we could use, you know, so, so you could volunteer to be a photo taker even if you don't have a camera, just you have your iPhone. But, but we need more people to do that. That's our, our YouTube channel. We need to do more on our YouTube channel too, but, uh, but that's just me and Marshall. That's only me and Marshall managing our YouTube channel, you know, and it's only me doing all the graphics that we do and, and posting on all the social media. And Missy Hood ma manages our Facebook page, which I really appreciate her doing that. But again, we could do a lot more with that. So what I propose is if you're interested in any of that, on the registration, so this is a, this is a hurdle you got to get through. You got to at least be able to do this. Uh, on the app of our phone, you got to click on registration and register for media team if you're interested in, in helping in one of these ways or some other way. And that's my way of knowing you want to help and I'll communicate with you and we'll figure out a, a, a game plan and some idea. But here's my vision. Um, I have this these plants that you see right here, uh, I, uh, I got one piece about this big from the mountain near my house uh, where I pray uh, probably about 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, it, it was just in this wild area that's on the top of this mountain. We called it the Mount of the Lord's Blessing when I was a kid, when my kids were little. I mean, you know, we gave it a name like in the Bible, how they name, uh, name places. So the Mount of the Lord's Blessing, I got this, this piece of plant about that big. And over the years, it's become, this is a, a big bush in, in one area of our front yard. Uh, here's another bush in front of our, uh, in front of our window. Uh, here's another bush to the side of our front door. 
Here's a little potted plant in the, you know, on our porch. There's a bush in the back. Uh, there's one on our, you know, it's, I just replaced one that was there that I gave to the neighbors. Uh, we had, they had an open house, and it's like, oh, quick gift. I know, I'll give them some of my plant, you know. <laughs> they had an open house. But, um, but I, I show that just to say that's the vision of the church is it's just, it's just growing everywhere. You know, it's one, one part that just spreads. And, and, and it, it's beautiful, and I love that. I'm, I told you already I'm not a gardener, but this is like foolproof plants, you know. It's like you just you stick it in dirt, and then put some water, and that's it. <laughs> Hopefully it needs some sun. But So I have 30 of them here, and what I want to invite you to do, if you want to at all take a step, and what I encourage you to do is pray for, vi- two practicals, pray for vision and pray to take a step of faith to, to be creative in some way. Start something new. Um, if you're going to start something new, it, it could be at your job, it could be at your school, it could be in your neighborhood, it could be even just you're making that decision, I want to invite you to come take one of these uh, during, the, uh, during this last song today, before you leave. Be careful not to spill the dirt, because Miracosta won't be happy about that. But, you know, my, my fingernails are a little dirty because I was potting all these this morning, real early this morning, and I was praying as I potted each one for each person that would take one today. And just that God would... Um, I don't know why that makes me emotional. <clears throat> Just that God would, would bless you in the decisions that you make today. So that's enough on that. Um, I'm going to turn it over to a brother who is a great example of being an artist for the Lord. And um, he is, was converted in our campus ministry in Long Beach. He's going to introduce himself to you. Uh, his name is Brandon Bell. And I told him the whole lesson was about him today. Um, but, but I do think he's a great example of thriving and, and somebody who is taking their gift and using it to glorify God. So I'm going to turn it over to Brandon right now, and he'll lead us in communion. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.